0: What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Puddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. I'm excited to share the first message of the Pressure Point series. It's a brand new series for the month of August. Listen, family, the reality of life is that we're going to go through moments of pressure, stress, anxiety. We're going to face trigger points. But I believe that God has given us the tools necessary in his word to overcome what Life throws at us, so I hope you hear something that encourages you, that blesses you. So, enjoy today's message. There's a saying, I know you've heard it, that pressure busts pipes. In other words, pressure can be destructive. But there's another saying that states that pressure also makes diamonds. In other words, pressure can also be used. To produce something of value. And the reality of life is that we will all go through moments of pressure, of strain, and of stress. I don't really like to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, let's, can we talk about the pressures of life? Is it all right? Is there, let me hear you because I can't quite see you these lights are in my face so I can't, I can't see you can you, can you say just, just tell me that. say yes if, if I can touch a, amen alright let me know you're here uh, the pressures of life you know I don't like to be the bearer of bad news but the reality is that next month summer's over y'all for those that love the fall and the winter I can't wait for summer to be over <laughs> Some of y'all, some of y'all love the summer. Listen, I'm going to pray for y'all. Cause I, I can't, oh Lord! I, I I be having a pray, fast, and seed when that summer heat just be sweating, mosquitoes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, anyways, summer is almost over, and I know for some of you that's like, ah, because you love to go out and go to parks, and, and and you 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 love going to beaches, and you like doing all these things. And now the thought of that, that summer is over is almost like daunting to you because this summer while you were at the beach, you were you know you were out there chilling. Forgetting all your worries, and you were hearing songs like, Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing. It's gonna be right. Okay, I got some people that haven't been saved all their life in church, praise the Lord. or oh, maybe you were hearing songs like, Carnaval. La vida de un carnaval. The thought of summer being over is daunting for some of you. Some of you, the thought of Sunday night and knowing that the next day is Monday, is pressure for you. Anybody ever gone through some job pressures? Or maybe some money pressure and that produces stress? Maybe you've gone through health issues and that's produced stress. Maybe you've gone through, maybe you're currently going through relationship issues and that's producing stress. Can I talk about it today? Is it all right if I talk about it? Uh, Maybe you've gone through poor nutrition and that's causing you stress. Maybe because of media overload, social media, TV, and everything that you're consuming is producing stress. Maybe it's sleep deprivation. You haven't been able to sleep and it's causing stress and so it's causing headaches and nausea and you can't sleep and you can't function and you can't operate because of all of these stresses in your life. The word stress is defined as the physiological, the psychological behavioral response when an individual perceives a lack of balance between the demands placed on them and their ability to meet those demands, which means over time, the more demands that you get leads to ill health, it leads to bad health. The way that I define stress for those that are taking notes is when you put too much pressure on an area that's unmanaged. When you get too much pressure in an area that hasn't been managed, it causes strain, it causes pressure. Can I tell you that an estimated 8.3 million American adults were reported to have experienced serious psychological distress in 2017 and there's more this year. 8.3 million. The World Labor Report produced by uh, UN's international organization states that stress has become one of the most serious health issues of the 20th century and a worldwide epidemic. Stress is a real thing, y'all. And can I tell you when you're overly stressed, it's paralyzing. When you're overly stressed, it it will weigh you down and it will hold you back from fulfilling your life's calling, from having healthy relationships, from going after that dream, that vision, that call, from serving the Lord with all of your heart, from having a fruitful marriage, from having a fruitful relationship with your children. When there's too much pressure and too much demand on areas that are mismanaged or unmanaged in your life, it will weigh down on you to the point where you can't move because it paralyzes you. You know what? Stress is much like the parable. Maybe you've heard this parable of a frog that was in a pot of water over a stove, and, and, and it was swimming in the water without it knowing. The temperature began to rise, the heat began to rise, and it, and, 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 it, and it started to burn slow, so it didn't fill it, and it was just swimming all in the water. And then it got to a point that the, the fire and the heat, the pressure increased to the point that it was unbearable, and before it was too late, it could not survive. Pressure and stress is that way in our lives. It builds up little by little. At first you say, you know what, I can handle this. You know what, this is light work. I I, I can manage this. But the more demands that come on your life, the more pressure builds, the more the heat and the weight grows, and before you know it, you are burnt out. Can I tell you that stress is inevitable? That's the reality of life. You can't avoid stress, but you can avoid a burnout. Can I tell you the reality is we live in a fallen world and there are things that will be out of our control. There will be things that are out of your control. Don't get me wrong, there are things that are within your control, but there are a lot of things that are out of our control. And you cannot uh, 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 control those things, but you can control the way that you respond to those situations that are inevitable in your life. You can't control how your coworker wakes up in the morning, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but you can control how you respond to them. All right, I only got two to three people, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, I, I know, I know, I'm going to do some deep diving in here today. I'm going to work my way slow. Uh, I know some of y'all, y- y'all already just put your seatbelt on because I'm going to go in today. Uh, you can't control how your spouse reacts or talks to you, but you can control the way you respond to them. You can't control the situations that are causing you stress, the people that are driving you nuts in your family, within your relationships, your finances, but you can control how you respond to it. And so my prayer as we go through these weeks is that you find these tools and you find ways To control the things that you can control. To manage the things that you can manage. To respond in the ways that the Lord would want us to respond to these stressful situations in our lives. Let me tell you the first thing. What is God's desire for us in in regards to stress? There's a particular verse that I want us to read. and. Let me give you, before, before don't put it up there yet, let me give you a little context of what's happening here. In the book of Third John chapter 1, it's only one chapter in that book, starting from verse 2, there are, there are, there are some very interesting passages there in, in, in those verses. Uh, it, a lot of people can overlook these these passages because Uh, A lot of people take these as when the Apostle John wrote these verses that it was just casual and it was uh, uh, just a regular greeting that he was giving out. But we're going to break it down today. Let me give you the context. So the Apostle John was one of the 12 Apostles. He is responsible for writing the the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He's responsible for writing the book of Revelation. He was one of the chosen 12 and he he was a great Apostle, the beloved and, and, and an amazing man that had revelation from God. And here he is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's writing these words to uh, the, the theologians. Say that this was written in Ephesus, and you got to understand that he was writing in Ephesus to the church in Ephesus and, and perhaps surrounding churches. And when he was writing this, these things, you got to remind you got to uh, uh, know that that particular place, Ephesus, was a very influential, wealthy place. It was a port city, so a lot of transaction, a lot of business, would come in and out. And so he's writing these things to people who were influential, a city and an area that was wealthy, and he writes these words to them. And here's what I want you to catch. Let's, ha- let's put that on the screen there. Third John chapter 1 verse 2 through 4, it says, dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Bet you didn't know that was there. You didn't read that before. And that you may go well and and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you can continue to walk in it, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I, I, I love what another version says of the first couple verses. It says, "Beloved, I pray that in all respects, in all aspects of your life, that you may prosper and that be, and that you may be in good health, even as your soul prospers." So here he is writing to these people that have wealth but he's not talking about uh just financial things see prosperity goes beyond just material things because the mistake that you can make is that believe that because you have all the material possessions in the world that that will bring the satisfaction to your soul did you know that you can have all the money in the world and still be miserable you can have all the possessions, my brother, and my sister. You can have all the cars, all the Louboutins, all the Yeezys, the Jordans, all that you can, and that will not do anything for your soul. That's why he's writing this to them because they had wealth, they had material possession, but he's talking about the soul. That that there are areas within our soul that money can't reach. There are areas in our soul that degrees and studies and 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 and, and titles cannot reach in our soul. There are areas in our lives that none of these material things can reach. He's talking about the soul. What's interesting here in this passage is that he's tying, and I want you to hear me, he's tying good health, he's saying that good health Prosperity, that word prosperity means to go well in your journey. It means growth. It means, it means to develop. It means to produce. He's saying you prosper when you, all aspects of your life, physically, mentally, emotional, spiritually, all these things prosper when your soul prospers. What is the soul? I'm so glad that I asked. The soul of a person, if you're taking notes, is the mind, will, intellect, emotion, and experiences of a person. So when we talk about the soul what we're saying, what he's saying is beloved, I pray above all things that in all respects that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions and your experiences prosper. Whenever your soul, your mind is prosperous everything else will begin to prosper in your life. Some of you are saying I'm struggling to get my body right but here's the reality, that the outside is a reflection on the inside. Until you work on your soul, there will be no change on the outside. It, it begins within. Some of you are saying, I, 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 I need to get out of debt because the debt is what's straining me, is what's causing me stress. But until you are, are you, you are broken free of stress within your mind, within your soul, it will never happen in the physical. Until you overcome the battle within your mind, within your soul, it will not happen in the physical realm. The change will not happen with other people until it begins to happen with you. You will begin to see changes in others when there are changes within you. When your perspective changes. When you get your emotions, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions in order because here's the reality, stress what it does, it causes all of these things to get out of whack. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your emotions are a mess. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your mind is a mess. You can't function. You are here making all types of silly mistakes because everything is out of whack. Stress what it does, it begins to provoke and then your thoughts get misaligned. Your emotions are all over the place. And so what God is saying is in order for you to prosper, in order for you to succeed, in order for you to produce and see growth, all of these things must be aligned. Mind will intellect emotion. It will not happen in reverse see you can get out of debt But if your soul is not prosperous, you're gonna get back into it I'm gonna help help somebody today You can get out of a toxic relationship But if you didn't do the work on your soul, you're just gonna go back to another toxic relationship Until your soul It's prosperous. Everything outside of you will not be prosperous. Until you do that work within your heart within your mind your will until you align it all right pastor How do I align it? See he's saying he's saying that alignment comes here It is it gave me great joy when some believers came out and testified about your faithfulness to the truth What is the truth to the word of God to the scriptures telling you to continue to walk in it? I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth You know what will align what will align your mind your will your intellect your emotions when you are planted firmly on the word of God. When you are planted firmly on the will of God because can I tell you stress will lie to you. When you're stressed out you believe that you will never get out of the situation that's stressing you out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you are stressed out You will start to receive all of these lies that you are not valuable, that you will never get out of the mess that you're in, that you will never prosper, but when you're planted on the truth of the word of God, you are not shaken and you are not moved, you say, I'm going through some pressure right now, but I'm planted and I'm firm on the word of God and I will not be moved. I'm gonna help somebody out today. Can I can I encourage someone today? Is this speaking to anybody today? Let me know if this is speaking to anybody today. Uh, 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 let me encourage you uh, that are going through stress. I know not all of you stressed. I know some of y'all have just your life is like a it's your life, if I could describe it in a song, is that Van, I think it's Vanessa Carlton that making my way downtown off oh, in a line and you live your life in the clouds and I want you and I need you I'm I messing up the lyrics praise the Lord I don't know that song but, but, but some of your lives is like that So I may not be speaking to everybody, but I want to encourage the one that say, yes, pastor, I'm currently going through a season of stress. If this is for you, can I encourage you with some truth? Because your situation will tell you that you will never make it out. But the word of God tells you different today. Your situation tells you that you will be defeated, but the word of God tells you something different today. Listen to what the word of God says. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble it says it in Psalms chapter 9 verse 9 it says I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I will not be shaken the Bible says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them he delivers them from trouble the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit a righteous man may have many troubles but the Lord delivers him from them all cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken, even though the youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Those who hope in the Lord. It says they will receive new strength. They will soar wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Fear not, the Bible says, for I am with you. The Bible says let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. My God, I wish I had somebody that will receive that today. The Bible says in the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let me give you one last one. And we know in all things God. God works everything for our good according to the purpose, according to those who've been called according to purpose. That is the truth of God for your life. But you don't know what I'm going through. No, I know that you may be going through a strenuous situation, but God is saying, I am bigger than your current circumstance. My health issue is great pastor, can I tell you, you serve an even greater God. My financial issues are great pastor, can I tell you, we serve an even greater God. I wish I had somebody that would lift their hands and declare, that's the kind of God that I serve. you're going through it pastor you don't know the half I may not know the half but I do know the full truth of the Word of God that he says I'm with you the joy came about the prosperity the health came about in the believers life at this time when they were standing on the truth when they continued to walk in the truth the more you worry the more you will feel like you're sinking in your situation. Some of us are professional warriors. I I didn't say warrior, I said W-O. You're a professional warrior. I'm talking about nothing has happened and you stressing yourself out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like we ain't gotten it, like nothing has happened yet and all you're telling me is about all the bad that's gonna happen. Some of y'all quiet, because I know it's you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> that ain't for me. You, you're so worried about the outcome, but what's going to happen if I give my life to God? But what's going to happen if I go after this vision that God has called me? What, but what happens if I fail? If you fail on your face, God is say, I'll be there to pick you right back up. When God called my wife and I to launch this church, we had nothing, nothing. No finances, no building, no ministry, nobody that, that was with us at that point when we first got called. If I just, but what if the people don't go? But what if, but what if, what if, what if, what if nobody likes my messages? but what if we never get financed? and we're never going to be able to do it? Listen, you got to tell you, some of you need to encourage yourself. Some of you need to look at yourself in the mirror because God has already spoken to you. God has already spoken to you. He's affirmed you. He's called you. And you're defeating yourself. By telling yourself, but what, but what? You're too attached to the outcome. You become a professional worrier. And, and worrying is like going when you're on a treadmill. You know you're on it and you're active and you're moving but you're not getting anywhere. It's the same thing with worry. It just goes on and on in your mind and it does absolutely nothing for you. Somebody's going to get set free today. You cannot control those situations that are outside of you, but you can choose how to respond. And today I want to challenge people to stand on the Word of God. How should I approach these situations? Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. You know, I was watching a video recently and I was laughing because it, the internet's crazy, y'all. Yeah. You, you, videos and all that, but it's hilarious. I was watching this video of a person walking around. And a friend, you know, because you can always count on your friend to put your business out. He was recording his boy, and his boy was repeating affirmations to himself. He said, I am somebody. He was walking around, I am somebody. I am somebody, and his boy is recording him laughing, and he was repeating, I am somebody. Some people may look at that as crazy. I look at that as wise. Because there are hundreds of voices in your head every day telling you, you're a failure. You won't make it. You won't do it. God doesn't love you. You don't belong at the church. You will never serve. You will never have a ministry. You will never be prosperous. And so if that's how many times you get those voices, then the voice that you declare should be even louder than those voices you have in your head. And you say about yourself, I am a a conqueror. I am loved by God, I have purpose, that's alright, I'm just teaching today, praise the Lord, that's alright. I'll do better next week with my message, praise the Lord. Let's look at a case study, let's look at a story in the Bible and let's break it down. In Luke chapter 10. I want us to read this story Luke chapter 10 verse 38 through 42 do we have it there amen thank you as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made she came to him and asked Lord Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Says, Martha, Martha, I love the way Jesus responds. You can just sense as you read this, the love, the grace, and the wisdom with which he's speaking these words. He says, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's two sisters, Mary and Martha, they lived in Bethany. They had a brother named Lazarus. You might know the story of Lazarus in John chapter 10. And so Jesus was their friend. So he was in town, and he comes to their home. And as you can imagine, you know, they they were making preparations because Jesus is coming in the house. And so they begin. Martha and Mary began to work. Uh, Martha took it a little further. She wouldn't stop. She was just making, she This is this is a word for my OCB folks in the building. I don't know if I'm speaking to you, praise the Lord. If I got any, any control freaks, I'm, I'm going to speak to you today. Everything, like everything's got to be, I know some people that it, they, if they looked at my present, they would come right beside me. Because everything got to line up. Everything got to, so she's fixing everything. She seems a little obsessive and compulsive and so she's, She's overworking herself and her sister is listening to Jesus' words. She's in his presence, listening to his words, having fellowship and relationship with Jesus. And here's the reality about stress in our lives. So often we stress ourselves out because really we do it to ourselves. When we feel that we have to work and overwork and overcompensate because your validation and your affirmation in life comes from what you do. I'm gonna speak to somebody. And so you, and so you constantly overwork yourself. Here's Mary who's just listening and then Martha comes and says, and says Lord, look at my lazy sister, can you please Tell her to help me. He's saying, no, 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 She's doing the right thing. See, the thing is this. Can I tell you? It wasn't that Mary was lazy. It was just that she had done what she needed to do. And she had time to sit at his feet. Can I talk about some time management? Because some of us say, I don't have the time. But see, here the thing is, Mary was able to do both. She was able to do the work that she had to do, but she was also able to sit at the Lord's feet. Can I tell you, you can work, and I'm a proponent, everybody that knows me, work hard, but not at the expense of you not spending time with your children. Not at the expense of you not being there for your spouse. Not at the expense of you not having time for God. You can but there's but too much on me It's too, No, no, can I tell you If nobody else has told you You can manage it Whatever it is that you have to carry If you're married, have kids eh, 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 Or you have a, a, a business, a job You can do all those things God has given you these things To be a steward over To manage it Don't tell yourself that you can't manage them all You can absolutely manage it But you have to create the space for it Now here's the thing Mary was able to do both you ever look at somebody and just say, you know what, this person is lazy, because you see them. You're like, man, yeah, late. But you think they're lazy, but it's, it's probably it's probably that they have better time management. I'm here busting my tail because it's not. Sometimes it's not so much about uh, working hard than it is working smart. It's about being effective and being efficient. And the more that you that you strain, the more that you work, and you don't sharpen yourself, and you don't. And you don't sit at the lord 's feet for him to give you clarity, strength, wisdom. the more you do and you don't have time at the feet of the Lord, what it will it be, it begin to produce burnout in you. So here we have two cases of a person who was over I have, I have to I have to work listen, I know, but don't burn yourself out. I have to I have to go above and beyond in ministry I have to do I have to go hard in ministry but but are you spending time with God because he's the reason you're doing it I'm working hard for my family but don't don't compromise your family if you're doing it for them but then never spend time with them then you're actually providing one thing but not doing anything for the soul the mind will intellect, like an emotion of that person I, but I'm doing it for her They don't see everything I'm doing Yes, you can do both You got to manage it You got to be able to do this But also, do not neglect, neglect this area of your life But I'm providing physical things but, but life is not just about physical things Because those things deteriorate They come and they go Money comes and goes Cars can break down Tires can explode Your, 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 your house can go away in one second But, but are you investing in, 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 in people? Are you investing in your relationship with God? That when you lose all those things You can still say, you know what? I have people when, I, when I'm losing everything I still have people that are there for me because I invested in their souls. That even if I lose everything I still have my relationship with God. That's why Jesus said she is doing the right thing because here's the thing a lot of times we, we, we believe that that God will love us more if we do more. Can I tell you God already loves you and he can't love you any more than he does. He loves you already as you are he loves you as you are he's saying she chose the right thing the one thing i love that can we go back to that are you all doing all right by the way are you doing okay all right it says indeed only one few things are needed indeed only one another version says one thing i love that verse that part of the verse because you can glaze over and pass over what is the one thing book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 4 says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek and dwell in His house all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Luke 18, 22 says, when Jesus heard these things, He said to him, you still lack one thing, and that is to follow me. That's the one thing he's talking about. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 through 14 says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reach forward to those things that are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. See, the one thing he's saying, the one thing Is his presence? That's what you need the most. Whenever I feel that the pressure around me starts to rise, that's my signal to say, "All right, I need to pray even harder." When things are crazy in your house, if situations are causing stress, that should be your cue. Instead of worrying, maybe I should worship more. All right, I got two people. Praise the Lord. instead of panicking i'm going to turn my panic into praise because the more i praise the bible says that the, the bible says that the lord inhabits dwells in the praises of his people can i tell you when you turn your worship uh, your worry into worship your perspective will begin to change when you turn your panic into praise when you change your, your worry and reading and declaring things over yourself that bring you down and you start to replace that with the word of God your spirit is going to get strength you will be encouraged to face another day one thing one thing one thing one thing one thing the pressures of life the pressures of life are as if you're holding a lot of weight as is And here comes somebody else and they put more more weight on you. And and I'll close with this because I know some of you are. I know I got some logical thinkers in here and say, all right, Pastor, this sounds amazing. This is inspirational, but how do I do do this? Because I'm dealing with with all this stress and I'm going to just briefly mention this and I want you to come back next week because I'm going to break it down. So you got to come back to hear it. Here's what you should do. This week, start with this week. Begin, instead of worrying and talking about the issues, begin to pray. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Connect with somebody that knows how to pray. I don't have a church. Connect with somebody here at the church. Begin with prayer. Then begin to prioritize. If you're writing your notes, I want you to write these things down. Pray, prioritize, plan, and then produce. The four Ps. I want you to remember this week. Pray, prioritize, plan, and produce. So if all of these things are scattered, your finances, right? See the thing is, here's the thing about, about stress, and because and what, what I'm not telling you is that you're not responsible. You're not held accountable. No, you have to manage. You have to be a steward. But it, it starts with you having faith. It starts with faith. So you pray. Say, God, give me wisdom, give me strength, help me. How do I begin to handle and manage this stress? Then you begin to prioritize. You begin to look at everything in your life and say, this is priority. These are things that I don't compromise. I don't compromise spending time with my family. That's something I don't compromise. So when you begin to prioritize, you begin to create boundaries. Some of y'all are so stressed because you don't have any boundaries in your life. Anybody can interrupt your time. Anybody can pull you away from your priorities because you're not planted on what's important. And so I want to challenge you this week begin to prioritize. This is what's important. This is what produces life in me. This is what I need to be doing. You begin to prioritize because when you start to prioritize, you create boundaries, healthy boundaries. So if your if boy, your girl's calling, yo, listen, it's Friday night and it's lit, I have no time for it. You're so concerned about the turn up And then when you turn down You look at your credit card statements And here you are Lord, take me out of debt, God, please Your priorities are not aligned Prioritize But stick to what your priorities are I don't, I don't compromise my Sundays. That's just me. I'm not telling you what to do. That's just me. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I have a business. Uh, I travel. I do a lots of things and I invest time in all of those things. I have a daughter. I'm gonna ha- getting ready to have my second daughter. There are things that I don't compromise. I'm able to do everything because I've set priorities and if something is distracting of those priorities, I have no time for it. I don't waste my time on things that are not pouring into my priorities. And so. You prioritize and then you plan, All right, how do I execute this? Create a plan of how how much time you're going to allocate into that. If it's finances, begin to prioritize with your finances. Begin to plan that out, begin to say, okay, this is the plan of execution. By this time, I'm going to assess how much debt I have and then I'm going to begin to create a plan of attack. This is how much I'm going to pour into my debt, this is how much I'm going to put into my... See, if you don't have a plan, you're walking around blindly. And then you begin to produce. You begin to implement, you begin to apply, and you begin to act. And then you will begin to see. As you begin to align your mind, will, intellect, emotion, everything else around you will begin to prosper. I know today's message wasn't a shout, wasn't a uh, want to get you hyped because I'm teaching you today, but I pray today that somebody is blessed. And somebody's going to leave this place not feeling like they can't handle the burdens that, that they have in their life. I'm declaring that that mental strain that you've been carrying, let me tell you, I'm declaring that, that no longer will you live with that strain that you can't handle the pressures of life. I'm declaring to you that you are victorious. declaring to you that you are more than a conqueror I'm declaring to you that your God is greater than your circumstance it begins with faith it begins with prayer and then you begin the Bible says faith without work so you need both you have faith and you work but I'm declaring over you that you will have the best sleep of your life starting this week I I don't know who I'm speaking to but I'm declaring over somebody's mind because you haven't been able to sleep I'm declaring that God is with you and he is for you and the Bible says if God be before you then who and what can be against you God is with you in the storm God is with you in your pain. God is with you in your stress. God is with you even with the pressures of life. God is getting ready to release peace over your life in the midst of the storm. It's not going to make sense because people are going to tell you, you're still in the storm. You're still facing the battle. But I'm declaring that you're going to discover who you are to God and the potential that you have. And you're going to be able to say, although I'm in the storm, I have peace in the storm on. I believe that God can do it in your life. Family, I want to thank you once again for tuning into the Hope Puddle podcast. Wherever you find yourself listening to today's message, whether you're at home, at work, in your cubicle, working out, doing groceries, listen, I want to thank you and know that we are praying for you. The listening experience is wonderful, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience? You gotta come out to experience a Hope Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 1:30. You can find more information on our services, on our ministry at myhopecenter.org. You can get connected to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. Make sure to stay connected to us, subscribe to our channel. That way you can get notified instantly whenever we download a podcast and give us your feedback. We want to hear from you. You can write us at info at myhopecenter.org, or you can uh, write us a message on one of our social media platforms and just let us know what is speaking to you what blessed you what ministered to you if you have any prayer requests or if there's any need that you may be going through let us know how we can pray for you and stay connected to you we want to hear from you my people my family one last thing make sure to mark your calendars for August the 18th this year from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. we will be hosting our annual my hope fest we had an incredible event last year and this year it's just gonna be bigger and better If you want more information on that go to myhopefest.com and just know that we are here for you and for our community. I hope to see you Sunday at one of our services and I hope to see you on August the 18th at My Hope Fest. So until then family, peace, love and God bless.